0: their own sabers and threatening other countries and things like that so it's just not uh, not the best course of events that could be taking place but one thing we know church is that God is in control God knows God sees it all God is in control he is in charge it's up to us to let him be in control and um I just want to talk this morning about, some, uh, about s- sometimes how God speak to us, speaks to us and what our reactions are. Um, does God speak to us? Yes. I mean, has anybody ever heard God? Yeah. Have you ever felt a direction from God? You knew that the things that you were hearing and that you were feeling, you were hearing that directly from God and getting that feeling directly from God? You felt God tell you something, yeah? You felt God direct you to do something. So, how many times, and you don't have to count them up, and I guess I should ask it this way, have you ever felt like God was saying something to you, he was giving you a direction, giving you some instruction, and as soon as you heard that, and as soon as you knew that, you were, you were afraid. I mean, has that ever happened to anybody besides me? I can't see out there, so... I can't tell if you're raising your hand or or, or waving both hands or sticking your feet up in the air or whatever it might be. Um, With these lights, I might just end up down there somewhere. Lots of hands up. Okay, thank you. Uh, The other problem with these lights is sometimes it reflects off of, well, no, we won't go there. Um, No, I was talking about mine. (laughs) You know, when we... uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm all right. Um, The very first Sunday when I became senior pastor in Taft, I was up there, I closed there, I said, okay, let's pray to get started. Closed my eyes, prayed, and when I opened them up, one of the elders had passed around those big sunglasses, you know, and so everybody had their sunglasses on. They thought it was really funny. I didn't think it was so funny. Actually, I guess I did or I wouldn't tell you about it right now, right? And I actually have a pair of those sunglasses sitting up on a shelf in my, in my office at home. Okay, Acts chapter 9. We are going to be talking about how God speaks to us. And not only how he speaks to us, but how we hear him. And what happens when we hear him. And what happens next? You know, what are the next steps? And I heard somebody earlier talking about walking out the direction of God. And... I don't know if you know where that kind of comes from, walking out the direction or the instructions of God, um, But when God instructed the Israelites as they were getting ready to cross over into the promised land for the first time to go in and 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 take over the promised land. He told them everywhere your foot falls, everywhere you step. And when I was in Bible college, we called it the two foot rule, because if your two feet hit that section of ground, then God was giving it to you. But that's what he promised to the Israelites everywhere your foot steps. I'm giving that land to you as an inheritance. And so. When God directs us, we need to walk that out. We need to move. We need to take steps. We need to be able to go into whatever it is that God is giving us to do. And you know what I just mentioned about praying at the beginning, and I didn't do it, so we're going to right now. Father God, I do ask your blessing on this word. I ask your blessing on this sermon, on your blessing, on this service, the rest of the service. Father God, I ask your blessing again on this world, Lord, that you would be shown to be real in every aspect of what's going on. Father God, be shown to be real in our own lives. Father God, help us to hear what it is that you have to say to us. Help help us to react in the way that you would have us to react. Help us to move. Help us to walk out your directions. Help us to hear this word this morning and take it and put it into our heart, not just our head, but get from our head to our heart and out through our feet and through our hands and through our mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's read Acts chapter 9, verse 10, and I'm going to read to 19. It says, In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him and restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. That's one I never want to hear from God. (laughs) I will show you how much you must suffer for my name's sake. But you know what? If you hear it, you hear it. God will be with us. Amen. Verse 17. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. So, let's back all the way up to the beginning of that chapter, and let's see what Ananias was afraid of, because he was afraid. Meanwhile, verse 1, chapter 9, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And then we find where God appears to Saul. So, Ananias saw the Lord in a vision. And not only did he see the Lord in a vision, but the Lord spoke directly to him, even called him by name, didn't he? Ananias. Have you ever heard the Lord call you by your name? For me, he doesn't say Mark. He just takes a two by four and goes whack. (laughs) Because he knows that's what's necessary. I mean, I hate to admit it, but he knows that's what's necessary. And Ananias, his eyes were open to see the Lord. His ears were open to hear what the Lord would say to him. He was able to recognize the Lord because the Lord called to him in a vision. I'm in verse 10, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. He immediately knew who he was, didn't he? He immediately knew who was talking to him. He immediately knew who was calling to him. And I can only imagine Ananias getting this direct call from God, Ananias. You know, Ananias, right? And he's like, Yes, Lord? The anticipation must have been awesome. I mean, he must have been thinking, oh, God has something great for me. Oh, God's going to bless me in some way. God's going to speak to me in some way. God's going to share his wisdom with me in some way. I'm going to be empowered by God somehow. I I can only begin to even imagine all the things that he thought God was going to say to him. (laughs) Do the word oopsie mean anything to you right now? <laughs> because it's like he understood, he recognized God's voice, he recognized who he was, he immediately said, yes, Lord. It's almost like back where it said, yes, Lord, for your servants is listening. Okay? But if we go back and we look at... Um, Verse 4, let's start with verse 3. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. We're back with Saul now, okay? Chapter 9, verse 3. This is Saul on his way to Damascus to go arrest all the the Jews or all the Christians, okay? Um, A light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Here was Saul's reaction. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. What a contrast between Saul and Ananias. Who are you? Saul asked. Yes, Lord. Ananias responded. John 10:14 says this. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And it goes on to talk about how my sheep hear my voice. And they know my voice. Church, if we're not recognizing God's voice when he speaks to us, we need to spend some time with him. I mean, how many times has somebody called you on the phone and they said, hey, and before you even looked at the caller ID, you knew who it was, right? Because you recognize their voice, right? That's how we have to be with God. When he speaks to us, Ananias, Mark, Dan, whatever, whoever you are. Yes, Lord, because we recognize immediately. If we have to ask, who are you, Lord, then we're in trouble. We have, we have big problems with that. Yes, Lord. That's the kind of recognition that we need to have. So Ananias answered, he answered, yes, Lord. So it's almost like anything you want, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Whatever it is that you ask, whatever you want, here I am. All my attention is on you right now. Yes, Lord. What is it that you want to say to your servant? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. He was in tune with God. He was in tune with the Lord. He was in tune with his voice. He was in tune with what it was that he wanted to say to him, and he was ready to go. So, you know, the problem when I come up here and speak is that I always kind of let all my own weaknesses out. Uh, Because my, my next question to you is this, how is your attention span with the Lord? You know, if you hear God speak to you and he calls you by name or he just says, you know, child or whatever he says, and you're like, yes, Lord. And you're right there, and you're waiting, and he doesn't say anything. But you know he spoke to you, and you're waiting, and you're waiting. How long before you start deciding on your own what it is that God was going to say to you, and you start doing whatever you think it should have been? Right? I mean, sometimes it happens, right? Or here's, here's one of my weaknesses. Yes, Lord, God says, I've opened a door. And I want you to walk through the door. And I think, awesome. And I walk through the door. And I think, God, if you wanted me to walk through that door, you must have wanted me to run through the house, too. And after I run through the house, run out the back door and across the backyard and hop the fence and across the pasture, hop three more fences. I don't hop fences so much anymore. But, you know, and I don't run across pastures anymore either. But, uh, you know, you, unless there's a bull. Um <laughs> Sorry, sometimes it comes in and it comes out. I haven't. That's another weakness I have. Um, and I begin to do all these things and I get way out there and I stop and I turn around. I'm like, Lord, I'm here. And God says, I'm still back at the door. All I wanted you to do is walk through the door and I have things for you that I want to show you. Places that I want to take you. But I decided on my own that all these other things must have been the will of God. We need to hear God. But we need to hear what God's saying to us. Ananias was all ready to do whatever the Lord had asked him. And he answered with a yes, Lord. Can I tell you, church, that we, in this time in the world, right now, we have to be living in a yes, Lord way of life. We have to be living in a yes, Lord way of life. In fact, if you've got your, your takeaway Uh, those are the first two blanks. We must be living in a yes, Lord. Ah, That's not the first one. That's the second one. Sorry. We need to live in a yes, Lord way of life. And you know what? Let's just do the first one as well. We'll kind of work on these as we go through. Number one is keep your eyes and ears open to know what the Lord would speak to you. Because church, if we don't, we won't know what is it God has to say. You know, hey, Have you ever had this happen? Somebody's wanting to tell you something and you don't want to hear it. You're like, nope. And what's even worse, when you're a kid, you would go like this. Nope, I'm not listening. Nope, I'm not listening. La, 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 la. Right? So you can make all that noise so that uh, you wouldn't hear whatever it was that they wanted to tell you that you just did not want to hear. Right? But church, we must be keeping our eyes and ears open. To know, to know what the Lord would speak to us. Because church, if this is coming into the end times, we have to be ready. We have to be prepared, and we have to be ready to move when God says move. We have to be ready to do when God says do. We have to be ready to go when God says go. We have to be ready to speak when God says speak. Whatever it is that God says to us, we have to be ready to do that very thing. And the only way we're going to be ready to do that is if our eyes are open to see what God's doing and if our ears are open to hear what it is that he's saying to us. We have to have our eyes and ears open and then when our eyes or ears opened, Ananias' eyes and ears were open. he knew, yes, Lord, yes, what do you have for me, Lord, here I am. I'm your servant, speak to me. He said, yes, Lord, we have to live in a yes, Lord way of life. The Lord spoke to Ananias, and it wasn't what he expected. Ananias knew as soon as, as, soon as God said this, as soon as God said, go to the house of of Judas on State Street and asked for a man from Tarsus named Saul. <laughs> I'm afraid at that point I might have went, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear the rest. Because I don't want to do that. Because I'm telling, I hope I wouldn't, church. I'm re- <laughs> I really hope I wouldn't. And I And I'm fairly sure that I wouldn't. Fairly sure I wouldn't. But the point is that Ananias knew Saul from Tarsus. God did not have to explain to him who he was. He knew who he was. There was fear in the Christian community for this man named Saul from Tarsus. He was arresting people. He was putting people in prison. They were killing people. They were believers simply because they were believers, because this man was a devout Jew, and he did not believe That Christianity was the the correct way, they were breaking the law of Moses as far as he was concerned. What he didn't quite understand yet was that they were actually fulfilling the law of Moses. But Ananias began to hear what it is that God said to him: Go to the house of Judas on State Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. That would have been a shock to Ananias. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him and restore his sight. So not only had God spoken to Saul on the road to Damascus, not only had he told him and asked him, why are you persecuting me? Not only had he blinded him, but then when he went back into town onto that to straight, straight street, that was hard. God is giving him a vision and he's speaking to him what's going to happen. Does that just flabbergast you just a little bit? That God is taking this man who is a persecutor, chief persecutor of the church, who hated Christians, who wanted to put every one of them in prison. He says, I want paper so that if I see anyone, man or woman, who belongs to the way, then I can, ta- I can arrest them. Anyone, everyone. He hated every Christian. And yet God speaks to him, number one. In my infinite wisdom, I would want God to just go, you know, and have a lightning bolt incinerate him on the spot. But God knows better than I do. I know you're all surprised, right? But God speaks to him. He touches him and blinds him, and then sends him back into town, and then gives him a vision. Not only a vision about something general, but specific. A man named Ananias is going to come to you, and he's going to lay his hands on you, and he's going to restore your sight. Ananias heard that, and it wasn't what he wanted to hear. I certainly don't think it was what he expected to hear. He told him to do something that was completely against what Ananias thought was coming. He told him to do something that brought feelings of fear and anxiety to him. He told him to do something that didn't sound at all like something the Lord would be telling him to do. God is not afraid of our questions. Okay? When Mary was told by the angel that she would bear a son, she was like, how can this be, since I'm only a virgin? God is not afraid of our questions. But her final response was, may it be to me as you have said. And that needs to be our final response, even if we question God. Have you ever heard something from God and went, that cannot be from you, God. I don't know where that's coming from, but it can't be from you, God, because that is nothing like what I expect God would say to me and yet you know in your heart that it's God Ananias never questioned God did you really say that No, he knew he said it he was saying God do you really know what's going on I mean Ananias answered I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he has done to your saints in Jerusalem God these are your children he's harming why are you why are you telling me one of your children to go to him it's almost like that fear is there. He's afraid to step out. He's afraid to move forward. He's afraid to, to, to obey. And that's a scary place to be. Because church let us never, ever, ever be afraid to obey. Have you ever felt like the Lord was telling you something that made no sense at all? but yet you knew God was saying it to you? Have you ever felt like God told you to do something that brought you to a place of a little anxiety or a little fear? Let me tell you something for sure, church. That fear is not from God. That fear is not from God. Let me say that to you. I want to look at every one of you. That fear is not from God. In fact, anytime you feel fear, anytime you feel afraid, and I'm talking a, a, a dread kind of fear, that is not from God. Because his word is very clear. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of timidity but a spirit or a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. Which would you rather have, fear or love, power, and self-discipline? I don't know about you, but I don't want the fear. I've been there. I've had that. I've had fear in my life. I've had even places where God said, step out and do this. And I was like, God, are you, are you serious about this? I mean, let, let me put out a fleece, God. You know, okay, you that one worked. Let me put another one out. I mean, you know, let me put another one out. God, you're not giving me the answer that I want. You know, I mean, it seems to be sometimes that's the way it is, but fear is not from God. Pastor Tom has been speaking through the 23rd Psalm and right in the middle of it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. And can I tell you, church, that right now all the things that are going on in this world do not have to cause us fear. They do not have to cause us fear. We do not have to be afraid for what's going on over there. We don't have to even be afraid for, what's, for if that comes over here. And here's why. Because God is with us every step of the way. Every step of the way. I talked about the Israelites crossing the, the Jordan River and stepping into Jerusalem. And everywhere their feet landed, God was giving, was giving them that property. But he also, when he gave them directions, he said, the Ark of the Covenant will go out before you. That was the presence of God, people. The Ark of the Covenant will go out before you, but keep a distance between you and it of about, I want to say it's 2,000 cubits, which is like 3,000 yards. Yeah. So that's a long ways, right? Why do they need to keep that distance? Because God said so. Absolutely right. But why, here's why I think that distance was there. And this is pure speculation. But there were millions of Israelites getting ready to cross the Jordan. And you get the Ark of the Covenant right in the very front of the line. And who gets to follow it? The guy's in the very front of the line. They follow the Ark of the Covenant. You get back two or three or four rows back, and who are those people following? The people in front of them. Because they can't see the Ark of the Covenant. What happens if they get some guy that sees a butterfly and goes wandering, (laughs) you know, goes wandering off after, I told you it comes in and it comes out. It's a fault. I know it is. And goes wandering off and he takes, you know, a thousand people with him or something. And, he, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, we're supposed to be over there, right? Well, when the Ark of the Covenant was that far out, everybody could see it. Everybody could see it and everybody could follow God. And church, our eyes must be open in this time, in this place, in this world To see God, and to follow Him, and to follow Him without fear. Because the enemy wants to give you fear. Because I can guarantee you that if that spirit of fear is not from God, where do you think it's from? It's from the devil. It's from the enemy. It's from the enemy that is trying to do anything and everything he can to keep you from following God. When God speaks to you, the enemy goes, did God really say that? That's what he said to Eve. Eve. Did God really say that if you eat from that fruit that all these bad things would happen? Yeah, he hasn't learned anything new. In fact, I think he's kind of perfected his old tricks. And he's getting better at it. And when God says something, the enemy says, did he really say that? And here's the kick. He can't deny it. He can't say God didn't really say that. But he can try to raise questions in your mind. If our eyes and our ears are open... To hear God then we will know what God has said to us and when we know what God has said to us we can step out without any fear and we can walk right through that valley of the shadow of death enemy all around peeking over the ledge hiding in the rocks and we just keep on walking Because we know that no matter what, God is with us. He was with the Israelites. He was here with Ananias. He was speaking directly to him. And church, he is here with us. God reaffirms his call to Ananias. Explaining what he wants him to do. He told him already. Ananias said, you must be mistaken, Lord. I mean, actually, he didn't say you must be mistaken. I think he, I think he more like said this. God, I don't think you quite understand. Does that sound like the most ridiculous thing you could ever say in your life? God, I don't think you quite understand who this man is that you're sending me to. Do you recognize what he's done? Do you realize what he said? Do you r- actually know what he's doing right now? And you want me to go to him when he's come here to arrest me and people like me? But I love the first word. In verse 15 it says, But the Lord said to Ananias, Go. And the go has an exclamation point. Because when God gives us directions, he's not kidding. He's not just testing us. He's not just saying, hey, what do you think about this? God says go, he wants us to go, and he expects us to go. Our yes needs to be yes, and then we need to go on from there. Ananias argued with the Lord. I don't recommend that, by the way, as a way of life. I don't recommend arguing with the Lord, because if you lose, you lose, and if you win, you really lose. Okay? Don't argue with the Lord. When the Lord says something, say, yes, Lord. That's our way of life, right? Yes, Lord. But God, I'm afraid. Don't be. Okay, you're in the valley of the shadow of death. Don't fear. There's no evil that can overcome you. Why? Because I'm there. Can I tell you that there is no evil greater than our God? There's no evil greater than our God. And so we don't have to fear evil walking in that valley of that shadow, walking in this world, hearing those wars and rumors of wars. Does that sound familiar? The Bible says these things must occur in order for the end to come. And they are occurring right now. And who knows if this is the end? I don't know. But we better be ready. And we better be able to walk. We better be able to hear the Lord. You know, God knew everything that was happening. He knew everything he was asking Ananias to do. And I love the contrast here in who Ananias said Saul was and who God said that Saul was. He said, go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Ananias said, this man has done bad things. This man is coming here to do even worse things. This is not a good guy. This is not somebody I want to associate with. It's not somebody, God, that you should maybe even be sending me to. That was Ananias' view of Saul. Worldly view of Saul, very understandable. Very, you know, just totally understandable from what he had seen and what he had heard. And what he was already afraid of. The fear was already there. The fear of Saul was already present. But God said, no, listen, let me tell you who this man really is. This is my chosen instrument. He's the one who's going to take my name to the Gentiles and to their kings. And here's the kicker. And even to Israel. Wow. What had he been doing? He had been persecuting all the Israelites that had become Christians, all the Jews that had become believers. In Israel, he's persecuting people. And now he's going to take the name of the Lord to Israelites. He's going to take the name of the Lord to Jews, but he's first going to take him to Gentiles. Now, we know Saul becomes Paul in this situation. God teaches him. He shows him all that he is going to do. He takes him to Damascus. He teaches him through the Holy Spirit, and then he sends him out to to the Gentiles. Paul has the missionary journeys that he goes on, all the things that he suffers through. If you're not sure about what happens with Paul, read the rest of Acts, and you'll know What happened with Paul and it was an amazing thing and basically Paul established the Gentile church or better this way God established the church his church to the Gentiles using Paul as his instrument and that's what he said he was going to do this man is my instrument this is the man I'm going to use to establish the church before the Gentiles and how many of you are not Jews so how many of you are Gentiles right Are you glad that the church was established to the Gentiles? I am happy that Gentiles received the Holy Spirit and received salvation just like the Jews were. And I understand through Scripture it says to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. I'm okay with that. They are God's chosen people, but we're grafted in. And we're a part of that. And we become a part of that family. And we become a part of that tree. And that all happened because Paul was obedient and Ananias was obedient. Now what if Ananias hadn't been obedient? What if he would have let his fear get the best of him? And I've done that. I have not done something that I knew the Lord told me to do because I was afraid. And I hated it afterwards. And I knew that I had failed. I knew I'd failed myself. I knew I'd failed the Lord. And you know what happened? I missed out on whatever that miracle was that was going to happen if I had obeyed. If Ananias had refused to obey, he would have missed out on the miracle of praying for the man who would establish the church throughout all of Asia. But you know what would have happened? God would have sent somebody else. That's right. Because God's plans will not... Be thwarted. They will not be set aside. The enemy has no power to stop God's plans. You know how much power? Zero, none, nada, zero. Power to stop God's plan, and God's plan would have gone on ahead of t- ahead anyway. Number three: Yet let your l- yes, Lord, be without hesitation. Church, it's great to hear God and it's great to hear, Yes, Lord. Ananias hesitated and he questioned God. I'm not sure in this world at this time we have that luxury. Now, listen if God said walk across the stage and I said, yes, Lord, and I started walking across the stage and while I'm doing, I'm like, God, I don't know why you're asking me to do this. I don't know what the purpose is. I don't know what you hope to accomplish by me walking across the stage. I'm I'm doing what God asked me to do, but I'm questioning what it is that he wants in the process. I told you earlier, God is not afraid of our questions. Just do what he asked you to do though. Okay. In the process of accomplishing his goals and purposes for your life, do, Question him all you want to he's not afraid of your question. And you know what? He'll probably even answer your questions I mean, Mary asked him how can this be since I'm a virgin? He said, oh the Holy Spirit's gonna come upon you He gave her an answer Sometimes he does sometimes he doesn't But you know what in either situation he's still God and his ways are higher than our ways And there are times that I looked back and I went, okay, God, you didn't answer that when I asked you that question. And I get beyond it and I go, okay, no wonder. Because had he answered it, I would have had other issues and other problems and maybe even more fear. And sometimes it's God protecting us from ourselves. Question God all you want to, but let your yes, Lord, be without hesitation. Let your yes, Lord, be immediate action. God, what is it you want me? Okay, I get it. I'm doing it. Doing it right now. In this last day, if this is our last days, church, our yes Lord has to be immediate. I believe God is going to be looking for people who will move. Looking for people who will act. Looking for people who will accomplish. And fear never originates with God, but is a trick of the enemy in an attempt to keep you from acting on God's command. God is looking for people who will respond. He's looking for people who will move. He's looking for people who will act and act without hesitation. And he's not afraid of our fear, but he didn't give it to us and he's ready to take that away. He's looking for people that will react without fear. Did God say to Ananias, Ananias, why are you so afraid? didn't Didn't I give you the directions? Don't be afraid. You know what? Never mind. I'll tell somebody else. That's not how our God treats his children. He deals with us lovingly and compassionately and sometimes very sternly. But however he deals with us, it's the best way. It's the best way. And church, what we need to do is be open and ready to respond to him in the same way. Man, God wants to talk to me I want to hear him and if God doesn't want to talk to me then I'm going to keep talking to him and pretty soon he's going to talk to me and you know what can I tell you this God's always talking to us sometimes we hear him and sometimes we don't and sometimes we don't hear him because we're too busy talking ourselves but I love the saying you got one mouth and two ears you should listen twice as much as you talk okay when we pray Our prayer prayer time should be absolutely sharing a worship moment with God. It should be absolutely sharing our needs before the Lord. It should be absolutely interceding for the world that we're in right now. It should be absolutely interceding for those that we love. But it absolutely must contain some time to hear as well. Some time to listen. So if you're not listening, slow down just a little. In this world we're in, and listen. And can I tell you, church, that that's going to be the hardest thing as times get more tumultuous? Is going to be to slow down. Because things are going to get crazy. If this is the end, things are going to get crazy. But don't have any fear, even if this is the end. Jesus said these things must happen in order for the end to occur. The story has a happy ending. Because Ananias acted even though he was afraid. And I heard somebody say one time, and it's funny because Shannon and I were just talking about how pastors say, I heard somebody say one time um, that courage isn't doing something brave. Courage is being afraid and doing it anyway. Ananias had courage. He was afraid, but he did it anyway. And the only reason that we can do it anyway is because we know that right here is our God. He's right here with us. Church, we need to be in a yes, Lord kind of lifestyle. Amen? Can we just say that together? Yes, Lord. Lord. One more time. Yes, Lord. Do you mean it? Can you say it when he tells you something that you don't want to hear? (laughs) It is harder, isn't it? Can I tell you, church, that God knows that? And he understands that. And he will give you the strength and the courage to go forth anyway.